0: Hackers, the modern-day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last
1: time I was in Beirut.
0: The first time you steal
1: a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected.
0: Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast Darknet Diaries. It used to be like eight to eight point five tons before we intervened in these things, but now it, it's about four tons. So it it has reduced to fifty percent. Flower show sees a lot of uh, stalls coming in in Lalbag, right? So uh, there was a strict rule, strict ag- strict agreement with the vendors that they are not supposed to use single use items in their shops, and um, also they were supposed, to, uh, they were told to keep two different bins, one for wet and one for dry. And they, they were made responsible for the waste which was generated from their uh, shop. And hence, there also we reduced the waste.
1: That's right, from the middle of this week's episode. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Mission Junior podcast. As always, I'm pretty excited, very excited to bring to you yet another story. Yet another story that is in line with the mission of transitioning to a zero-carbon economy. First, a big thanks for your reviews, feedback and messages. If you haven't done that yet, please do it on iTunes or Apple Podcast. It definitely helps in spreading the word and getting more people on the show. Give it a 5 star rating if you like the show and write a review also. You can always write an email to me, gmail.com is the ID. Your feedback definitely helps me making the podcast better and getting more relevant content and people on the show. So, don't forget to give your feedback from time to time. Few months ago, I was doing the regular cleanup around the household and got a collection of electronic waste that I usually preserve for a time and then dispose responsibly at once. For the last few years, I have been doing that from time to time. And in fact, I help people in the extended family dispose their e-waste in a responsible way. The last few times, I have used a service by a group called Sahas, and I must admit they are doing a pretty good job at that. So on this episode, I have a guest from Sahas. But it's not about their e-waste project. It's about another project that they have taken up in recent years. So what is the project and how has it shaped over time? Listen in to the conversation with our guest Rajalakshmi from Sahas. Hello Rajalakshmi, welcome to the Mission Shunya podcast. Glad to have you on the show and feature the Sahas story.
0: Thank you so much Girish for having me in the show.
1: So, can you give us a brief background about your work and uh, what do you do in Sahas? How did you get into Sahas?
0: Yeah, so I have done my bachelor's in IT and uh, I was quite keen on using technology for a social cause. So, I was in that hunt for two years and then I thought environment is something where I want to work on. And that's how I ended up coming to Sahas and here I have used uh, IT to you know, streamline the process of waste collection and data management and things like that, GHG emission calculation, along with all the groundwork of urban waste management, electronic waste management, and a couple of uh, other projects.
1: That's interesting for someone to shift careers and move into a sector which you're really excited about. So, in that way, what is Sahas all about? How did Sahas start and how, how does Sahas operate these days?
0: yeah so sahas uh, is actually redu- registered under societies act and uh, this was uh, since 2001 so it's been about 19 years uh, since sahas has been in, the, in this field and sahas mainly focuses on source segregation and decentralized waste management and we work closely with government institutions companies households and schools and Make sure that we set up a decentralized waste management process there. And then we move on to the next is the working culture of Sahas. So we don't prefer to stick to one location. We just try to set up uh, the required things and then move to the next. So that's how Sahas works. So we have been focusing on behavioral change and sensitization, then uh, consultancy and research on waste management and also on building reverse logistics networks. Uh, so these are the prime things that Sahas focuses on. Uh,
1: that's interesting. You did mention it. Sahas has been in operation for 19 years. Yeah. So how did it begin? Like, and uh, so what are the business verticals currently? So I, you did mention that waste management is one key thing, but they, I believe there are other business uh, business verticals that you operate.
0: Yeah. So I am associated with Sahas NGO, but Sahas also has a uh, another entity uh, of private limited which is called Sahas Zero Waste Management. And uh, we have different business verticals like um, products and then we have uh, electronic waste um, management team and then operations of waste management in different uh, tech parks and big apartment complexes. That is uh, completely with the private limited. And as a part of NGO, we work closely with government uh, institutions and help them have a good process set up for waste management in GP level or ward level or even in state policy making.
1: That's good to know because a good process in waste management is particularly what we are going to talk about on this episode. Hmm. So, how did the idea of litter-free Lalbagh come about? So, what was the genesis of the idea?
0: We are associated with Lalbagh since 2013 but we used to do this cleanup drives with a couple of companies or We used to just set up stalls uh, to spread out this message of waste segregation. But 2018 is when we actually uh, took this decision of uh, working more closely with Lalba, And uh, luckily, we got uh, support from Bosch also in terms of uh, the fundings which was required for the same. And uh, our main mission was to, you know, uh, try and reduce the waste there first. Uh, even before uh, managing the waste there properly. And that's when we uh, started working with LALBAG authorities in getting the process strict for uh, not allowing plastics inside. And uh, then we had a lot of uh, initi- uh, discussions with the vendors and uh, we consulted p- them. Better approach of, ha- uh, I mean, using the arecanut leaves or something like that for the products that they are selling there instead of the single use items and then we also installed uh, 150 sets of um, wet and dry waste bins inside the premises then we also uh, we uh, set up a dry waste management center in Siddhapura gate uh, of lalbagh and uh, what we currently do there is we sort dry waste into further 14 categories and then send out to respective recyclers So this was the initial setup that we did. And then we had continuous awareness sessions, which we were conducting there for the visitors. Because Lalbagh being um, always filled with visitors, it would be like new people coming in every day. So we did multiple awareness sessions there. Then we also thought of uh, getting associated with them in the flower shows. So, Lalbag has these uh, two flower shows, uh, bian- uh, biannual flower shows, which happen in Lalbag, one in January and one in August. So, we see about 4 lakh plus people visiting during that event. So, there, there used to be a lot of waste which used to be generated before we intervened. So, uh, since we had set up these processes of, uh, of reducing the waste there by not allowing the plastic uh, things there, uh, there was Quite a drop of uh, waste which was generated in the uh, flower show during the flower show as well. And also, we had so many volunteers uh, getting associated with us uh, during the flower show to spread out awareness or to improve the collection and all of that. That we were able to together achieve this mission of you know keeping Lalba glitter free even during those uh, peak days. So that's how, uh, in short, I would say, Little Free Lal bag uh,
1: came into picture. That's a very good and a short summary of Lal bag uh, Flower Show and what you do with Lal Bag. But for listeners, I just want to give a quick update that Lal Bag is a botanical garden in the Indian city of Bangalore. And uh, it's a quite popular destination. As Raj Lakshmi mentioned, there are two events in the year where there is a massive flower show that is set up by the department and uh, Close to about 4 to 5 lakh visitors visit the place during that week week or 10 days and uh, so it's a massive event and a massive event of this scale also generates a lot of waste. Yes. So what is the quantity of waste that is typically generated and uh, how how do you go about handling it?
0: Uh, It used to be like 8 to 8.5 tons before we uh, uh, intervened in these things but now it's about 4 tons so it it has reduced to 50%. So um, that's that's majorly because of our steps like use. Uh, so there used to be a lot of arika nut uh, plates which uh, used to get generated because uh, Lalbagh used to provide uh, meals to the police authorities working during the flower show and the Lalbagh staffs. Um, so it, there used to be about 500 kgs of arika nut leaves alone every day. So we, uh, you know, suggested them to start switching to steel cutleries, rented steel cutleries. And th- it was difficult to initially convince them, but then they gradually understood the importance of it. And then they switched to steel cutleries. And that's, that's one major step which we took to reduce the waste during flower show. And uh, then other than that, as uh, the stalls, like Flower Show sees a lot of uh, stalls coming in in Lalbagh, right? So uh, there was a strict rule, strict strict agreement with the vendors that they're not supposed to use single-use items in their shops. And um, also they were supposed uh, they were told to keep two different bins, one for wet and one for dry. And they they were made responsible for the waste which was generated from their uh, shop. So, that was also strictly followed up by Lalbagh officials. And hence, there also we reduced the waste. Um, and that's how we came down to 50%.
1: That's a big number and uh, that's a pretty big contribution that you have made to this. Yes. So, if I understand that the first step is to get to the authorities and tell them about the basic set of uh, things that they need to get in order, like the bins, the supply of materials and other things. So, how long is this? So, how many weeks or months do you spend before the actual event starts in preparing for the event?
0: So, for the August uh, 2019 flower show, we started the preparation in the month of Feb itself. Right from discussing with authorities to finding out other volunteering groups who would be interested to uh, work with us uh, during the flower show. And uh, uh, having multiple meetings with the vendors, the regular vendors. And understanding their concerns on switching from single use to uh, the other alternatives. And then having multiple meetings with the stalls, uh, stall vendors who would be coming in during the flower show and suggesting some alternative for them also. So it took a long time, Feb to August, uh, it took us for the first time. But then this time when we had flower show during uh, uh, the month of Jan, we just started the preparation about a month back because almost 90% of whatever things were done earlier was you know taken taken up up front by the vendors by the stall uh, uh, by the regular vendors stall vendors as well as lalbagh officials so we didn't have to spend much time on making them understand on that and even the police officers were already prepared with whatever instructions we had given earlier with respect to using of steel cutleries and fining the people when they see them littering or not using the right bin, all of that was already in place for this this uh, flower show which happened, last flower show which happened. So it was just a one-time uh, thing where we were supposed to spend like three, four big months in convincing all the stakeholders involved in flower show. But then since they saw a tremendous uh, improvement in the waste management during August flower show, they themselves got onboarded with all the responsibilities for, the, uh, for this flower show which happened in Jan. So, it was pretty easy this time.
1: That's very good to know. I mean, cutting down the entire planning process to just a month in about a year is a phenomenal achievement. Yeah. In addition to preparing the officials, I'm sure having an event in this scale requires a lot of support from the local staff, yes. staff who regularly take care of the park how responsible or how enthusiastic were those people in getting to getting and being part of this transition because for them giving such rules and asking them to follow this could be really challenging how enthusiastic were they in uh, getting along with your ideas
0: yeah so uh for the first show which we handled in august it was really tough they were not at all with us like they they were not sending us the collection vehicle on time and uh, they were not willing to actually look at the segregation aspect because it was always easy for them to empty everything in one bag and then just dump it in one place uh, so segregating and then uh, putting wet waste in the composting pit and dry waste to the unit was getting little hectic for them during flower show but then we uh, we had few extra staffs uh, from sahas working during the flower show in, in the month of August, just to show them how, you know, this flow of having segregated waste being put in different places and sorting them out and sending for recycling will actually improve the waste management process in Lalbagh. So, we were setting that example in the month of August. So, uh, later, after after that flower show, we had two or three meetings with the Lalbag staffs to tell them how it uh, how it went and why this why we thought this is important and how they are going to contribute for this by just taking this step of segregating uh, collecting the segregated waste how important it was to care for the environment and all of that and this time in the month of Jan Lalbag officials themselves gave us extra staffs extra Lalbagh staffs and all of them had put tremendous effort in collecting segregated waste and not only collecting, they also helped us with sorting uh, of dry waste and sending that to the recycling facility. They really felt happy about what we are doing. So, we actually told them few stories of few streets which was always, you know, filled with Waste. We kept complaining that uh, we keep complaining that the government officials are not taking proper steps to actually clean the roads or whatever, but even the person who is dumping the waste there is responsible for the same. And we also told them about various initiatives that Sahas took to ensure that people do not dump and things like that and how we can improve our place. So they uh, basically, we just told them how important they are in this process. So we didn't consider them as one of those waste pickers. We considered them as a cleaning staff, right? So they they really felt dignified after working with us and seeing how uh, well we treat them, uh, how much importance we are giving them. So in the month of January, they themselves came in uh, with us and they themselves participated in all the activities. And now they are even willing to you know, participate in the daily collection and sorting stuff. So that's the level of switch we saw from last year to this year. That is all because they saw the dignity that we give to the uh, workers who work under us during this process of waste management. And they really felt happy that they also have some dignity in the uh, community.
1: That's really wonderful. I mean, getting the stakeholders on board is a pretty important step in any transition too. Yeah. So I'm glad that you were able to get the important stakeholders in the process on board and f- make them feel really special, dignified as you put. Hmm. At this point, I I like to just ask you an, a question a little different from the entire campaign, entire project, hmm. because I've spoken about this in multiple times on the podcast and other platforms. Hmm. But From your perspective, why would you say that waste segregation is important? Because I always urge people on the platform and other social media channels that waste segregation is important. Hmm. Dry and wet waste has to be segregated. Hmm. I mean, it is happening globally in like developed countries, but in developing countries like India and other places, this is just starting to pick up. Hmm. But why is it so important?
0: Yeah. So I personally believe in this concept of circular economy a lot. So what I feel is whatever. Material we are using to make a product, it has to go back to the loop and be used again to make the same product. And this can happen only if there is waste segregation. And that's why that's why I feel that waste segregation is very important. Like if we segregate dry waste uh, and wet waste and electronic waste and even medical waste and lot of so many, I mean so many categories. I I think there are countries who follow forty segregation uh, way as well. So, I I somewhere feel that it it enables this process of circular economy, which is very much needed for protecting our environment, also to stop mining and such activities. So, that's why I feel waste segregation is important.
1: That's perfectly said. Um, Circular economy is one key concept that everyone has to start to understand and play their part in the bigger picture because not using the resources that we don't need is a big thing and we can actually recycle and uh, repurpose the materials. So yeah. that's a good thing.
0: Also, we don't have that much virgin material uh, in Earth, right? We won't keep on getting virgin material. We sh- we have to have some solution to start using non-virgin material in our production cycle uh, so that we can have longer, I mean, the Earth can have longer life.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yes, I couldn't agree more. But there is one key question that I always have because Hmm. waste management, I mean, especially in a large event like this, Hmm. controlling people about like 5 lakh people, uh, getting them and when they come, I mean, plastic is one key element. Hmm. No matter what you tell or how much awareness is created Hmm. around plastic, plastic is always brought to the event. Hmm. How do you end up reducing the plastic use in such events?
0: Yeah, so the first flower show, it was difficult because we started with the water points uh, initiative in Lalbagh. So even the officials weren't sure if that will work well because we were not allowing people to sell packed water or we were not even allowing them to get some packed mineral water. So it was just the water points from where they can fill their own bottles or they can use uh, the steel glass there. So initially, in the month of August, it was very difficult. All the people got really angry uh, on all the officials, you know, because they had to stand in the long queue to get their water bottle filled or to drink water. But slowly, they also started understanding that it is important to take such initiatives and this this year no i mean i didn't see anybody complaining about it and the best improvement was so i saw so many people carrying their own steel bottles or copper bottles in the flower show so people are also slowly changing because they are understanding the importance of this switch uh, from you know stopping the use of plastic So, yeah, it might be difficult in the beginning for us to switch from this convenient lifestyle of using uh, plastic. But uh, when we understand the importance of it, I think people definitely change, start changing.
1: That's wonderful to know that people are are adopting this practice and are really willing to do some bit in this. Talking of people, I mean, for an NGO like Sahas, Hmm. another group of people is really important, the volunteers. Yeah not just for this event but throughout the activities that you do in the year hmm. in multiple places so how how have you managed to keep the volunteers motivated keep them engaged not only for the event but through the year
0: yeah so we uh, we actually show them the entire process like what Sahas does we also have this material recovery facility so we show them that also and how their volunteering time of an hour can make a difference in recycling process. So they they completely feel uh, motivated after seeing that fact. So usually our volunteering activities, uh, if you ask me, for Lalbag, it would be manning the bins. And uh, for other projects, it would be basically awareness, door-to-door awareness on segregation. So when they see where this waste is going to go after they perform this activity, Ha- they always feel motivated about it so that's how we keep them motivated also we um uh, you know we include more of students college students who um, who are really interested to work on this sector sustainability sector so they also have few projects that they look at in their final year or something wherein we also help them in putting those concepts in place for their project so that's how it's a give and take uh, a kind of principle which we use for the volunteers
1: that's interesting it's always good to have a give and take and make it a win-win proposition yes. for everyone or, or everyone involved
0: yeah
1: on the next topic on the, fi- on the final topic so litter free lal is now a successful event i'm sure the next time around you would probably need a month or less than that to start and prepare for the event and deliver the event hmm. So what is next for Sahars you have a lot of events in the city of Bangalore and around but how do you plan to scale up the projects like this across other cities in India how do you plan to go about it
0: Yeah so in case of uh, Lalpak, the next flash show we are uh, going to make sure that the officials handle by themselves so you know this becomes sustainable they are not dependent on Sahars to take this ahead we just have set the process right we'll train them and then we'll move out we'll just support them whenever required but we want them to be self sufficient so that's how we'll come out of litter free Bagh and then start looking at other parks like we have already in discussions for handling waste in multiple other pa- uh, parks in karnataka and you know enabling the authorities to handle the waste themselves so that's how we are looking at and it's not only in karnataka we are also looking at multiple other national parks in the country we are just in talks uh, right now with them and uh, the process would be same the initial we'll just do the setup for about a year or two and then we will enable the officials themselves to carry out that process that's how we would be looking at
1: That's good. uh, Good to know, Raj Lakshmi. And uh, so on a final note, I'm sure a lot of people listen to the podcast from around the world. And mostly in India as well. A lot of people would want to contribute to Sahas, uh, do their bit. How can they get in touch with you? What are the different activities they can look forward to contributing? I mean, waste management is just one thing, but uh, how can they contribute or get involved in projects?
0: Yeah, so if they wish to volunteer for our pr- projects, obviously they can write to us uh, in info at the rate and we'll get in touch with them. Other than that, I think what uh, they can also do is start using products which are more sustainable and uh, Sahas Zero Waste has a list of products uh, and they can start using that as well in their day-to-day life. Um, And one more thing which I would personally suggest them to do is start thinking about how they can have zero waste life culture incorporated in them. And if they need any help on that, Sahas will always be there to help them. So, yeah, I would like to close on that note.
1: That's a wonderful note to close on. Have a zero waste lifestyle, or rather, an approach to a zero waste lifestyle that is especially yes. what Mission Chunya aims to do. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for taking time and sharing the story of Sahas and the litter-free Lalbagh project. Good to know it's been a success, and hope to feature more such amazing stories from what Sahas is, will do in the future.
0: Sure, thank you so much, Girish, for having me here. And uh, I have heard two other podcasts, and it's really inspiring to. No, uh, you know, uh, having some podcast which features so many other waste management uh, initiatives as well. Thank you so much for having us here.
1: Well, and that brings to an yet another story, a sustainability story on the Mission Junia podcast. You can find out more about Sahas on their website, Sahas NGO or Sahas e-waste. If you want to replicate any of their project, they will be more than happy to help you. So reach out to them if you find their work really interesting. No matter where you are on the planet, they'll definitely reach out to you and help you in your project. So, the action items for today is follow Sahas. And as always, spread the word about Mission Chunya on the social media channels. Another easy way to do is share the episode to three people in your network in the next 30 minutes. If you do that, it'll definitely help spread the word. And I hope you definitely do that. So with that, this is Girish Shokumar and thank you for listening.
0: Hackers, the modern-day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut.
1: The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected.
0: Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast Darknet Diaries.